Great news, everyone. Jesus is alive and well. This is Glenn Raglan Educational and Transformational Ministries. Great ministries. Welcome to this week's podcast. Let's pray. Father, we thank you again for those who have tuned in to this week's podcast. We pray for those who are preparing for back to school. We pray for our children's safety this year. We pray the blood of Jesus over coronary artery disease. We pray that your word will go forward. It will not return to you empty. It will accomplish what you sent it to do. In the name of the Lord Jesus, amen. The Trinity is a Christian theology that is difficult, if not impossible, to explain, yet it must be believed in order to be a Christian. I will attempt to explain the concept, and I hope you will respond with any questions, by email or by phone. To get started, I'll tell you that the word Trinity does not appear in the Bible. So your first question should be, how can you discuss a topic like the Trinity and the very word does not exist in the Bible? My friends, the word may not be in the Bible, but the concept is presented throughout the Bible in both the Old and New Testaments. I'll get to those examples later. As you can imagine, if modern-day believers struggle with the Trinity, the early church really struggled with the concept. They eventually came up with these statements. Number one, God is one in essence. Number two, God is three in person. My Christian companions, this means that the Father is God, the Son is God, and the Holy Spirit is God. You must also understand that we're not talking about three gods, but only one God. The Father is not the Son, the Son is not the Spirit, and the Spirit is not the Father. But each is God individually. They are together the one true God of the Bible. So what is the basis for the Trinity if it does not occur in the Bible? Let's start at the beginning, Genesis. The first verse of Genesis starts out with, In the beginning, God. The Hebrew word Elohim is used. This word is found in Strong's Concordance, written under the direction of James Strong, and contains every word in the King James Version Bible. Every word in Strong's Concordance is assigned a number. Elohim is assigned number 430. There are two things you should know about the word Elohim. First, its part of speech is that it is a masculine noun. That means Mother Nature goes right out the door. Enough said. Most of us learned in an early age that a noun is a person, place, or thing. God is not a place, so that leaves person or thing. While some would argue that God is a thing, an equal number would argue that he is a person. The second thing you should know about the word Elohim is that it is plural. Now stay with me, folks. Now look at Genesis 1:26a, which reads, And God said, Let us make man in our image and after our likeness. So you have to ask yourself, who is God talking to when he says, let us? Who is us? Who is he talking to when he states that man will be made in our image, after our likeness? Who is our? We know that us is a pronoun indicating me and at least one other person. The word our is an adjective meaning belonging to us or of us. This points to the Trinity. Deuteronomy 6 and 4 proclaims, Hear, O Israel, 
the Lord our God, the Lord is one. My Christian co-workers, some Jews use this verse to disqualify the New Testament teaching of the Trinity. Please understand that we worship one God existing in three persons, not three separate gods. The three distinct persons are shown in John 3.16 as the Father sends the Son into the world. The Son returns to the Father in John 16 and 10, and the Father and the Son sent the Holy Spirit into the world in John 14.26 and Acts 2.23. The Bible speaks of the Father as God in Philippians 1 and 2, which reads, Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Friends, not only is God referred to as Father, the Son is also mentioned in the same verse. Jesus is referred to as God in Titus 2.13. It reads, Looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearance of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Peter confirms the Holy Spirit as God in Acts 5 verses 3 and 4, when he tells Ananias that he has lied to the Holy Spirit in Acts 5 and 3, but he also tells Ananias in Acts 5 and 4 that you have not lied just to human beings, but to God. At the baptism of Jesus, the Father speaks from heaven as the Spirit descends from heaven in the form of a dove as Jesus comes out of the water in Mark 1 verses 10 and 11. When we read John 1 and 1, it is affirmed that Jesus is God and that he was with God, indicating two distinct persons. Again, stay with me, folks. All three persons of the Trinity are fully God. To be clear, they are not one-third God in order to form one God. Throughout history, men have created gods, little g, but there is only one God, big G. Isaiah 45 verses 21 and 22 says, And there is no other God besides me, a just God and a Savior. There is none besides me. Look at me and be saved, all you ends of the earth. For I am God and there is no other. My Christian friends, Matthew 28, 19 brings it all together when Jesus said, Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. My comrades for Christ, Jesus names each person of the Trinity as distinct persons. He also places each one on the same level. We are to be baptized in the name of each deity. Jesus says in John 10 and 30, I and my Father are one. This claim was blasphemy to the Jews, but it is the power of God to the believers. In John 14, 16, Jesus says, And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever. My friends, Jesus comforts his disciples by letting them know the third person of the Trinity would come and begin his work. Each person of the Trinity has a name, a title, a function, a status, and a location. The name of all three is God. The titles are God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. The function of God the Father is provider. You may also know him as Jehovah Jireh. His status is he is sitting on his throne. His location is he is in heaven. Now let's look at Jesus. His function is Savior. His status is he is seated at the right hand of the Father. 
You may ask, why is Jesus just sitting? The answer is, because his work is finished. It was finished at the cross. Every time Satan accuses one of the believers, Jesus turns to his father and tells him, they are not guilty. His work is done until the father sends him back to earth. The Holy Spirit's function is helper. His status is he is active and his location is earth. When Jesus says in John 14, 16, that he would give you another helper, he is not referring to a different helper. He's referring to one like himself. Folks, one of the problems with the church today is that we won't let the Holy Spirit help us. We won't let the Holy Spirit empower us. We won't let the Holy Spirit guide us. And we won't let the Holy Spirit expand the kingdom through us. We treat him like an uninvited guest. But I've got news for you. He is here to stay. Friends, stop using him only when you're in trouble. In fact, if you would have consulted him first, you wouldn't be in trouble. As believers, we should know the Holy Spirit. We should have the Holy Spirit with us. And we should have the Holy Spirit in us. Finally, my brothers and sisters in Christ, 2 Corinthians 13 and 14 says, The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. This is the only place in the New Testament where the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are mentioned together in this kind of blessing. We just finished a two-part series on the abundant grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, and God loves us so much that he sent Jesus to die for us. Communion means fellowship, and we are to be blessed by the fellowship with the Holy Spirit. This blessing is for all believers, and it is given to us courtesy of the Trinity. If you want the type of relationship with the Trinity that was meant for you, pray this prayer with me. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, I ask you work on me by removing the old me so that I can be transformed to the new me through all of you. In the name of Jesus, amen. I continue to encourage you to find a good Bible teaching church. Send your prayer request as well as your praise reports to our email address which is hello at greatministries.org. Please continue to pray for Great Ministries. And if this ministry has been a blessing to you, please share us with your friends, your family, your loved ones, and the unsaved. This ministry is supported by friends like you. If you'd like to donate to us, go to greatministries.org and click on the donate button. We'd love to hear from you. Like I said, you can email us or write to us at P.O. Box 1654, Lilburn, Georgia, 30048. Or call us at 678-693-2204. Stay safe, be blessed, and have a great week.